0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Daybreak, the show where fun ideas and occupations come to life. We're your hosts, Bryn Campbell and Pippa Trader, and today we'll share an inspirational quote, interview Rob Summerbell, a wacky performer and master of the German wheel, and after the announcement break, we'll end this episode with the tale of a secret tunnel found in Parliament. Now, let's get on with the show. It's time for our inspirational quote to brighten your day and get you brainstorming. An amazing artist and playwright, William Shakespeare, has some wise words on performing. He exclaimed, the object of art is to give life shape. Think about that for a minute, then go and do some art. Now it's time for our co-host Bryn Campbell to talk to an amazing performer who has lots of experience in his field.
1: Please welcome the Wacky Wheeler.
2: Hi, good morning.
1: So how did you decide to create this unique persona as the Wacky Wheeler? Was there anyone or anything that inspired you?
2: Oh my goodness. Well, at the time it was around 1998 when, uh, the idea was first born and I was performing in a trapeze troupe here in Madison called Cycropia aerial dance. And, uh, which was a really fun part of my life. I did that for almost 10 years. Uh, but we had gone to see a Cirque du Soleil show in Chicago, um, on Navy pier. And that's where I first saw, uh, a man by the name of Chris Lashawa uh performing on a German wheel and I'd never heard of or seen a German wheel before but I knew sort of the first moment I saw it I was like that is exactly what I want to do next Mm -hmm. so yeah
1: what is a German wheel
2: okay so a German wheel is uh it was uh let's see historically it was invented in the 1920s uh by a man named i believe F- Al- Otto fight and he just welded this uh apparatus together it's a it's a imagine a giant circle uh with another matching giant circle with bars welded across those two and the circle being about you know between six and seven feet round and a person stands inside of it and you can imagine them rolling doing a cartwheel or um, also it tips over and does like uh, what's called a penny roll Um, So all sorts of acrobatic tricks in this German wheel could happen, and it's just a really beautiful and uh, flowy thing to watch. If you've never seen it, uh, there's a lot of YouTube available since we can't watch it live right now.
1: Yeah, I, Um, I remember seeing you perform before, and it's really cool.
2: Yeah, so my wheel is not a German wheel, and that has kind of a fun little story to it. So I saw Chris perform at Cirque du Soleil, and I said, oh, my gosh, I need to do that. I want to do that. And German wheels were only available in Germany at that time, and it was prohibitively expensive at the time, around $2,500, and my car was worth significantly less than that at the time. Um, I was driving around a beater. So anyway, no – No German wheels for me, but I was walking my dog one day out in a junkyard behind the house I lived in, and I saw this row of cable reels sitting there. There was about ten of them, and a light bulb went off over my head, and I thought, well, if I can't get a German wheel for the time being, I can save up for Mm -hmm. one, and maybe I can, you know, learn how to operate this for the short term. Mm -hmm. And short term turned into eighteen years. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Yeah.
2: So, so I found that cable reel in the junkyard, and it uh, I'd like to say it followed me home, but I asked permission to acquire it, and I brought it home, and um, it turned out it was really dangerous, and um, people would go out there and try it out and come in all banged up. And uh, So it just for the first year and a half I had it, it didn't do a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there used to be a thing in Madison called the Bike to Work Parade that promoted um, people biking to work in the springtime. And we would decorate a bunch of bikes really cool uh, and make signs and ride around the square uh, to promote people riding to work. And my friend Russ challenged me to take this giant wheel down to the square and ride on it and act like that's how I committed to work. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly how the whole idea was born. That was the first time we took it down to the square and it was really scary because it's kind of hilly around the square. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. So, how did you come up with your stage name?
2: Okay, so my official name is Melvin, the world's only wacky Wheeler, which I believe is still true. Um, But Melvin just sort of was a character in my mind Mm -hmm. who didn't quite have it together. He pulls his pants (laughs) up a little bit too high. and wears these baggy trousers, and his ball cap is flipped up at the front, and he wears funky suspenders, and um, he's and he's just a little bit of a goofball. Um, mm-hmm. And part of my act was I would let the wheel um, roll away from me, like I wasn't paying attention to it because I got distracted talking to somebody, mm-hmm. and then I'd get it at the last minute. So Melvin's kind of a a little bit of a pie in the sky kind of a guy with uh you know a daydreamer
3: yeah
2: (laughs) Um, and I just thought I just thought the word the name Melvin I've never really known anyone named Melvin but I thought it was a nice sort of a geeky mm -hmm. name to use (laughs) and I don't want to offend any Melvins out there because I love the name (laughs) Um,
1: what were some challenges you overcame on your journey oh my gosh um that's the tricky question
2: there uh well No one had done this before, so, like, Mm -hmm. I didn't know what the format was for it. I didn't know how to move it around. I had to eventually buy a trailer for it. Um, I had to, like, paint it up and make it look like something attractive people would want to look at. And so Mm
3: -hmm.
2: I kind of came up with the design for it. I developed flags for it, and then I would put horns and bells all over it. I had upwards of 15 different sounding horns and bells on it at any given time. Mm -hmm. Um, so all that I had to like kind of come up with because there wasn't anything to copy Um, so that I'd say that was the challenge and then uh, something people never really thought about was they always thought I was just out there having a great time and uh, it was really fun but really for any performer behind the scenes there's a Mm -hmm. lot of work like maintaining costumes and um, you know contacting people to see if you can come perform and uh coming home really late at night
3: and tired and having to unpack everything and you know there was mm-hmm. always sort of those kind of
2: challenges but you know the illusion was that oh gosh that guy's just having so much fun
3: mm-hmm.
2: and, and I'm glad that was the illusion but there was always a lot of work in the behind the scenes yeah so um,
1: yeah. how long did it take to master being on the wheel
2: yeah, so I, that's kind of a funny question, because the day I, I think that I mastered it would be the day that I would get hurt. Um, I always, like, whenever I was approaching it or getting ready to perform, I had to respect the apparatus, because it's a 350-pound wheel that's 12 feet tall. Wow! And so I wouldn't say that I mastered it. I would say it <laughs> kind of mastered me, like... Uh, Have respect for this object, because it's much bigger than you.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
2: Um,
1: What is your favorite parade that you've ever done or performed? Oh,
2: my gosh. So many parades. (laughs) I think I counted up that I did about 1,200 parades over the course of my career. Wow. And many of those I've been to several years. Like I became a little bit of an institution in some of these towns, like um, Whitefish Bay near Milwaukee Mm -hmm. would have me for their... Fourth of July parade, and, you know, they just treated me like I was their, their fun um, citizen of their town. (laughs) I don't know. But uh, one year was really fun. Um, My daughter, Lila, who is 12 (laughs) now, um, she performed with me on a little bicycle. Um, She would dress uh, like me, and then ride alongside so you'd have this giant object with me on it and then this little tiny like clown bike uh, (laughs) and she would zoom along next to me and um, it was just kind of a fun and dress like Mm me and one year I had to go out and do fourth of July parades and I think I believe it or not on the fourth of July some years I would do six parades in one day which uh, was pretty crazy all around Milwaukee um, we would have a route we would do um, but my, my daughter, um, had sewn a, um, patriotic dress that year and they jumped in the car and surprised me at one of the parades. Um, and I wasn't expecting to see them until I was done for the day. And so that was super fun. Like she just mm-hmm. jumped out of the audience and she had her costume that she made and her little bicycle and joined me on the trade route. And I was, I was grinning ear to ear that day.
1: That's really cool.
2: That was really fun.
1: Mm-hmm. What is the Madison Circus Space?
2: Oh, what do you know about the Madison Circus Space? Have you been there, or?
1: Um, No, I have
2: not. You haven't? You've heard of it, though? Uh, yes. Yeah, so the Madison Circus Space is a really neat place that grew out of uh, a variety of performers in Madison that didn't have a home place to do what they loved to do. So, for example, the aerialists and the hula hoopers and the german wheelers and the jugglers um who didn't really know each other they kind of operated separately but slowly the community kind of came together and realized that we all had a common need which was we want to practice our art and there's nowhere Mm -hmm. to do it yeah and and so madison circus space is now in its second location we built our own building on the east side And that's been open for about two years now. It's not open right now because of COVID, but Mm -hmm. um, it's just sitting in mothballs waiting for us to come back. Um, But it's just such a neat place. Um, We give performances there. Uh, People can become members and and do their workouts there. And kind of like belonging to a gym. Mm -hmm. You can come and go as you want, but it's based on circus arts rather than, you know, working out. Um, it's, it's been kind of working out, I guess. Um, but there's classes in all manner of circus arts, uh, obviously when we're going right now, we're on break like everyone else. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah.
1: Um, what is your favorite part of your job and what is the hardest part? Oh gosh. Uh, favorite part, probably
2: just being out there amongst the people and, um, just sharing, uh, an exciting or ecstatic moment where they, you know, my favorite is when someone's never seen it before and Mm -hmm. I go flying over the top of the wheel and I can just look down and see them there like, wow, what's happening? (laughs) Uh, You know, that never got old. I love that part. Um, And just seeing kids out there and, uh, you know, kids are always the funnest because I'm just a big kid anyway, so (laughs) I just always like to interact with kids. Um, They always made it fun. Um, Hardest part? I sadly just um, got too old to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very physical thing. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm 57. So I, I, uh, yeah. Two years ago, I had to hang it up, and it was really uh, very bittersweet because mm-hmm. my my heart and soul wanted to keep doing it, and my body said no way. <laughs>
1: uh. Uh, Have you ever made, had to make a hard decision on the job?
2: Oh, gosh. I guess how I would like to answer that is um, it was hard to be gone all the time from my household and family. Um, Mm -hmm. And my, you know, I have a son and a daughter, and um, sometimes they were able to come on the job with me, my son Sean and my daughter Lila, but um, a lot of times uh, dad was going off to, do this on his own a lot of weekends mm-hmm. and a lot of weeks during the summer i would perform at uh, fairs like wisconsin state fair or Summerfest, mm-hmm. and then i would be gone for you know maybe a week or two weeks at a time and that was really yeah. hard it was mm-hmm. before uh facetime too mm-hmm. <laughs> so we could talk on the phone but yeah so that uh, leaving the kids and leaving the family was hard but um you know, the job gave me a lot of flexibility, too, because I could mm-hmm. work really, really hard, and then I would have time off, so...
1: Yeah. Um, how did your life change when you retired?
2: Uh, well, my knees don't ache quite as much all the time, <laughs> uh, so that that's a good thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I basically have had time to catch up on other things, projects, and I'm a carpenter, and so I've been doing more of that instead. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I... I very much cherish the 18 years that I got to do it I feel like the Mm -hmm. luckiest person to have have created a job like that for myself but it's also it was just sort of time time to stop and so I miss it but Mm -hmm. um, I have all the memories yeah
1: would you recommend this kind of job to other people oh definitely Mm -hmm. (laughs) um it's not
2: for everybody of course but I, I guess in the in the broader sense, uh, the kind of job meaning that uh, doing something that you love and that you're passionate mm-hmm. about um, is so worthwhile. Lots of people think of their jobs as drudgery, and mm-hmm. that's sad. I feel like everyone should do what they love, and then the world yeah. will just kind of fall into place.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so yeah, doing this kind of job, a kind of job that you create for yourself, and and love, yeah, definitely, like, follow your passion, figure out what you love to do, and Mm -hmm. be if you can do it. Yeah. I'm living proof that you can do it.
1: (laughs) Um, What is your definition of success?
2: Pretty sure I just said it, um, just following your passion, and being a person that's, you know, woken up and alive, and likes what you're doing. Yeah, Um, definitely. You know, like, I... I so admire people that are able to sit at a computer because as you can imagine, I'm like, I don't so admire, but I just,
3: oh, it just doesn't work for me. I'm a very
2: Mm -hmm. active and kinetic person. And, uh, to be able to do this for my work was, it was a really good fit because I'm not a desk person at all. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so it was, you know, yeah, I think just do what you love and, uh, it'll work out.
1: Mm hmm Okay. Well, thank you. That was an amazing interview. We really appreciate it. Oh,
2: it's nice talking to you.
1: Thank you, Rob, for that amazing interview. Now, after the break, we'll find out more about some long-forgotten secret passageways.
0: Hi, this is Pippa from the Daybreak Podcast, and I just want to talk to you guys a little bit about a company that me and my friends started late last year. It is called DNM Graphic Novel Library. This is how it works. So, off you go onto our website, which is in a link in the show notes. Make sure to check that out. You can click Signing Up, and choose your subscription type, either Standard, which is $8, or Premium, which is $13. Fill out a quick form. Um, of course, deposit your money for the month, and then you're done. So, what you get with this subscription is that you can rent out like two every week of our hundred or more like graphic novels and magazines they're all super good and you can find something for every person maybe you've not heard of graphic novels before maybe you have it's your your call whatever kind of graphic novel you want but you're only allowed to do two a week then if you live in the Benjamin Road neighborhood we will deliver a graphic novel to your door that you choose and if you don't then you can just come and pick it up at our home base Also, if you come and sign up now, you get 15% off with a special code on our Facebook page that you can check out. Also, one more thing, Um, one graphic novel usually costs like $8, so this is a really good deal because you're getting like 16 graphic novels if you did two months for the price of two graphic novels, which is crazy. So make sure to check it out. If you've never heard of graphic novels, if you have, if you're really into them, this is the thing for you. Remember, it's in the show notes, and how you sign up is you click signing up on our website, and then you click standard or premium, and then you fill out the form. Thanks so much, and now back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Daybreak. This week we have some very exciting news to share with you about secret passageways discovered in the wall at UK Parliament. These passageways had been there in the British House of Commons for a long time. People would walk past the keyhole that opened up the door every single day. It wasn't until a team of historians were planning a restoration of the Palace of Westminster that they found them. This team was poring over many, many documents that were related to the palace. And after quite a bit of reading, they found something interesting. It was a plan for a doorway in the hall. When they were back at the palace, they found that tiny keyhole in the exact place where the plan had said it would be. They made a special key to open the door. And when they did, they found the 360 year old passageways. Mark Collins, the Parliament's estate historian said, To say we were surprised was an understatement. We really thought it had been walled up forever after the war. They knew about these passageways and that they existed some time ago, but everyone thought they had been filled in after World War II. After a bit more exploring, they were found out to have a very rich history. Records suggest that these passageways were used for the coronation of King Charles II. The king that ruled until 1685. After that, the tunnels were believed to be used for members of the parliament to get from one place to another. They found graffiti in the tunnels and even a light bulb that was likely installed in the 1950s. These passageways have gone unnoticed for 70 years and this was a huge discovery. After this, maybe everyone should check their homes for secret tunnels. so much for
0: listening to this week's episode of daybreak for your hosts bryn campbell and pippa schrader and this week we had help from john schrader our editor bryn campbell my co-host and of course rob summerbell or the wacky wheeler for his awesome interview today thanks so much for listening to this week's episode and until next time pippa signing off